Again tonight, we're covering fundamentals in the doctrine of Christ. And specifically, you know, looking um, through the experiences of Alma and his son, Alma the Younger. And in Mosiah 18, verses 17 through 20. And they were called the church of God, or the church of Christ, from that time forward. And it came to pass that whosoever was baptized by the power and authority of God was added to his church. And it came to pass that Alma, having authority from God, ordained priests, even one priest to every 50 of their number, and it ordained to preach unto them and to teach them concerning the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And he commanded that they should teach nothing, save it were the things which he had taught, which had been spoken by the mouth of the holy prophets. Yea, even he commanded them that they should preach nothing, save it were repentance and faith on the Lord, who had redeemed his people. Now, it's my contention that originally, at the waters of Mormon, what Alma restored was the preparatory gospel or the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham. And that the baptismal prayer that we have in Mosiah 18, verse 13, the reason that isn't the same to 3 Nephi, chapter 11, is because it's a different order of the gospel, a preparatory order. Now, Alma, having been ordained to the Aaronic priesthood by, you know, the wicked priests of King Noah, um, you know, had authority in the Aaronic priesthood because the Aaronic priesthood is durable and it survives apostasy. But it wasn't until he left the court of wicked King Noah and he repented that he actually received power in that priesthood. And, you know, from beginning at that point, he, he preached the words of Abinadi. And as a cross-reference, let's go to 3 Nephi chapter 7. Now, notice in Mosiah 18 that, you know, those who were baptized by Alma, um, you know, had the Holy Spirit, um, you know, upon them, and Alma preached the gospel of repentance and faith. And if we go to 35.7, we also see that those to whom Nephi, before the coming of Christ, ministered and taught the gospel to, in verse 21, it says, And it came to pass that the 31st year did pass away, and there were but few who were converted unto the Lord. But as many as were converted, did truly signify unto the people that they had been visited by the power and spirit of God, which was in Jesus Christ in whom they believed. 
and going the next page over. Therefore, there were ordained of Nephi men unto this ministry, that all such as should come unto them should be baptized with water. And this is a witness and a testimony before God and unto the people that they had repented and received the remission of their sins. And at the end of verse 23, and he did preach unto them repentance and remission of sins. Well, this teaching of repentance and remission of sins is part of the preparatory gospel or dispensation of the gospel of Abraham and is presided over by the Aaronic priesthood. If we go to DNC 84, verse 26. And the first part of 27. And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holds the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and of baptism and of the remission of sins. So in the telestial preparatory gospel, um, the classic doctrine of Christ, the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart, contrite spirit, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and second comforter, uh, those aren't the doctrines that are preached. In fact, these doctrines are referred to as keys of the knowledge of God and the power of godliness, and even the mysteries of godliness. Um, but again, um, in 3 Nephi 7, you know, Nephi taught repentance and remission of sin. In DNC 84, when the fullness of the gospel and the fullness of the priesthood was taken from the children of Israel, they were left with the preparatory gospel, which was the gospel of repentance and remission of sins. Now, in Mosiah 25, Verses 18 through 24. Therefore, Alma did go forth into the water and did baptize them. Yea, he did baptize them after the manner he did his brethren in the waters of Mormon. Yea, as many as he did baptize did belong to the church of God. And this because of their belief on the words of Alma. So, as Alma is baptizing the Nephites, which includes the Mulekites, um, and Limhi, and all his people. He is baptizing under the authority of the Aaronic priesthood, administering the exact same baptism that he did to the people who listened to him from the city of Noah, and that he baptized at the waters of Mormon. And verse 19, and it came to pass that King Mosiah granted unto Alma that he might establish churches throughout all the land of Zarahemla and gave him power to ordain priests and teachers over every church. Now this was done because there were so many people that could not all be governed by one teacher. Neither could they all hear the word of God in one assembly. 
Therefore, they did assemble themselves together in different bodies, being called churches, every church having their priests and their teachers, and every priest preaching the word according as it was delivered to him by the mouth of Alma. So, you know, something to make note of up until this point. You know, Alma is teaching the words of Abinadi, and the priests who are called to teach the people are teaching the words of Alma. Notice that they are not, you know, receiving revelation by doctrine by the Holy Ghost. You know, in the preparatory gospel, you know, they are you know, preaching the words of one who was sent by God to call people to repentance. Verse 22, and thus notwithstanding, there being many churches, they were all one church, and even the church of God. For there was nothing preached in all the churches except it were repentance and faith in God. Again, um, we're not teaching the key of the knowledge of God, and we're not teaching uh, the power of godliness or the mysteries of godliness. We are teaching repentance and faith in God, which are the tenets which are taught in the preparatory gospel. And now there were seven churches in the land of Zarahemla, and it came to pass that whosoever was desirous to take upon them the name of Christ or God, they did join the churches of God. Now this is another important distinction, because in the church of Christ, when one receives the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, Christ actually extends his name to that individual, and they then become the sons and daughters of God. In the preparatory gospel, and even in the terrestrial church of Christ, up until the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, all that can be done is covenant that we are willing to take upon us the name of Christ. Because it isn't actually extended until the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, again, we have this distinction that, you know, Alma is baptizing into the preparatory gospel, you know, because, um, you know, the people, you know, aren't receiving the name of Christ at that time. Neither is it, is it being extended to them, but they make a covenant, you know, just like we do at, you know, baptism into the LDS church and when we partake the sacrament, that we are willing to take Christ's name upon us. And verse 24, and they were called the people of God, and the Lord did pour out his spirit upon them, and they were blessed and prospered in the land. Now, in the preparatory gospel, and leading up to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and when the heavens are closed, God still pours out his spirit upon his people and upon individuals who repent and come unto him. But the pouring out of this spirit is alluded to in 2 Nephi 32. And it's part of the process of coming unto the gate and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Again, at the end, in verse 19. In 2 Nephi 31. And now, my beloved brethren, after you have gotten into the straight and narrow path, I would ask if all is done. 
Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. So the second half of verse 19 is the process that is required to receive the baptism of uh, fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this is the process of what we read in verse 24 of Mosiah 25, when it says, And they were called the people of God, and the Lord did pour out his Spirit upon them, and they were blessed and prospered in the land. Now, another distinction, which is fairly subtle, is that they were the people of God. Um, and becoming the people of God is, pre is preparatory to becoming the children of God. If we go to Mosiah chapter 5. Mosiah 5 verse 5. And, you know, here is a distinction between being the people of God and being the children of God. Verse 5, and we were willing to enter into a covenant with our God to do his will and to be obedient to his commandments in all things that he shall command us all the remainder of our days, that we may not bring upon ourselves a never-ending torment, as has been spoken by the angel that we may not drink out of the cup of the wrath of God. So part of what it means to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is a willingness to covenant with God, to do his will, and be obedient to his commandments in all things, all the remainder of our lives. And then in verse 7, And now because of the covenant which you have made, you shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you. For ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. So, in Mosiah chapters 4 and 5, we have, um, you know, the church of Christ of the terrestrial order. You know, Mosiah is visited by an angel. And it is my suspicion that the angel who visited King Benjamin also ordained him to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. And we had the opening of a new dispensation. And with the opening of this new dispensation, it was now possible for the people to enter into the new covenant and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see a similar pattern with Alma as he transitions from the preparatory gospel to the terrestrial church of Christ. Now, in Mosiah 26, we have the restoration of the Melchizedek priesthood, or the apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood to Alma. And we have the opening of a new dispensation again, where the Church of Christ is restored as the Apostolic Order of Melchizedek Priesthood is again restored. 
And in Mosiah 26, verses 12 through 18. But King Mosiah said unto Alma, Behold, I judge them not. Therefore I deliver them unto thy hands to be judged. And now the spirit of Alma was again troubled. And he went and inquired of the Lord what he should do concerning this matter. For he feared that he should do wrong in the sight of God. And may I point out that what we have described here is Alma beginning to exercise faith. So he is seeking after revelation. And then in verse 14, And it came to pass that after he had poured out his whole soul to the God, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, So seeking after revelation, and now he's receiving revelation. Blessed art thou, Alma, and blessed are they who were baptized in the waters of Mormon. Thou art blessed because of thy exceeding faith in the words alone of my servant Abinadi. So again, up till this point, Alma has been preaching the words of Abinadi, and those priests that he has ordained to teach the people are teaching the words that Alma is quoting from Abinadi. And blessed are they because of their exceeding faith in the words alone which thou hast spoken unto them. And blessed art thou because thou hast established a church among this people. And they shall be established, and they shall be my people. So now we see the transition. Alma is being assured that what he has done has been correct. And it was the right thing to do to baptize people into the preparatory gospel and to you know, establish the preparatory church. But now God is going to accept these people um, as his sons and as his daughters and restore the terrestrial church of Christ, you know, just as King Benjamin did. And blessed art thou because thou hast established a church among this people, and they shall be established, and they shall be my people. Now, this also is an important point. You know, those who are called of God to preach his gospel, it's not that everything is given to them at first on a silver platter. Um, There is a portion of the word that is given to them. And, you know, based on their heed and diligence to the portion of the word which is given to them when they prove themselves true and faithful, then they receive more. And it's a continual process of proving true and faithful and receiving more. Verse 18, yea, blessed is this people who are willing to bear my name. See, they have already entered into a covenant that they are willing to bear the name of Christ. And now Christ, through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is actually going to extend his name to them. And because thou hast inquired of me concerning the transgressor, thou art blessed. So, you know, just like Joseph Smith, um, usually when he would receive revelation, it was because of a question that he had taken to the Lord. And it was the very act of taking questions to the Lord that literally opened the windows of revelation. And Joseph Smith usually received much more than his original question um, would entail. 
And so was it with Alma as he went to the Lord to inquire, well, you know, we have these transgressors among the men of the church. We have witnesses against them. Um, King Mosiah, you know, doesn't want to judge them and he's turned them over to me, but I don't want to do so uh, in error or unrighteously. You know, I don't have um, any, you know, direction or commandments to do this. So Heavenly Father, is it proper for me to do this? And what would thou have me do? And because he asked those questions, um, not only is he about to receive the answer to that question, but he is about to receive, you know, the restoration of the terrestrial order of the gospel and be ordained to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. Now, verses 20 through 24. Thou art my servant, and I covenant with thee that thou shalt have eternal life. And thou shalt serve me, and go forth in my name, and shalt gather together my sheep. And he that will hear my voice shall be my sheep, and him shall you receive into the church, and him will I receive also. So we've had a transition from Alma teaching the words of Abinadi and the priests teaching his words, which were the words of Abinadi. And now Alma is going to start preaching the words that Christ will give him through Revelation. Verse 22, for behold, this is my church. Whosoever is baptized shall be baptized unto repentance. And whomsoever ye receive shall believe in my name, and him will I freely forgive. So both baptism into the preparatory gospel and baptism into the terrestrial church of Christ by water are both baptisms unto repentance, but at different levels. Verse 23, for it is I that taketh upon me the sins of the world. For it is I that hath created them. And it is I that granteth unto him that believeth unto the end a place at my right hand. For behold, in my name are they called. And if they know me, they shall come forth and shall have a place eternally at my right hand. Again, we have the allusion to those who come unto Christ um, through now being able to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and Christ extending his name to them, and them taking upon them the name of Christ. They come to know him in a way that was never possible before. And once they had taken upon them Christ's name, if they would remain true and faithful, you know, then they shall have a place eternally at my right hand. Now, let's, let's cross-reference 3 Nephi 9, 17 and 20.
And as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. And even so will I to as many as shall believe on my name. For behold, by me redemption cometh, and in me is the law of Moses fulfilled. And he shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Um, so again, in you know Third Nephi, uh, we have the announcement of the new covenant and. This is preceding the restoration of the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, whereby Nephi and the rest of the 12 disciples are going to be able to go forward and to baptize with water into the terrestrial order. Before this, they'd been baptizing with water into the preparatory gospel. And this time, they also have the power and authority to baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And right before this restoration, Christ is announcing the doctrine that pertains to this restoration. Now, if we go to DNC 84. Verses 19, 19 through 21. And this greater priesthood administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. And without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. So, you know, what is this talking about? The power of godliness manifest unto men in the flesh. Well, let's, let's unpack these verses. And this greater priesthood administereth the gospel. So how does this greater priesthood administereth the gospel? Well, it has the power to perform the ordinance of baptism by water into the terrestrial order and the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the terrestrial order of the gospel. Those are the primary ordinances of the terrestrial order of the gospel, or the church of Christ. And holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Now, this stands in sharp distinction to, in the preparatory gospel, we're commanded to teach nothing but repentance and remission of sins, and also faith. Um, in the terrestrial order of the gospel, um, it's assumed that we have already been taught the principles of repentance and remission of sins and faith. And we continue doing those things, and those you know, aspects are part of the terrestrial order of the gospel, but so are the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Well, what are these mysteries of the kingdom, the key of the knowledge of God? Well, the new covenant of offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit 
is a key to unlocking the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key to the knowledge of God. For when one receives the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, one now has access to that revelation, which is what is called in verse 19, the key of the knowledge of God or the key of how we are to part the veil, ascend to the seventh heaven and come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory and to be taught directly by him. Now, that's not part of the preparatory gospel. And, you know, certainly, you know, one of the reasons that we never hear about it in the LDS church. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. So, uh, the power of godliness in this context is the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, being born again and becoming sons and daughters of Christ. Becoming a son and daughter of Christ is experiencing the power of godliness. Verse 21, and without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. Or in other words, that without the authority and power of the apostolic or the Melchizedek priesthood and without proper knowledge of the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the direction by the Holy Ghost about when to perform this ordinance, the power of godliness or the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is not manifest unto men in the flesh. And so this is why that before the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood is restored to Alma, um, you know, there's, there's no mention of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know, being born again, sons and daughters of Christ, from the time that King Benjamin finishes his address until directly after the fullness of the gospel is restored to Alma. And now for the first time since King Benjamin's address in the Book of Mormon, now that the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood has been restored to Alma and the terrestrial order is again restored to Alma, the, first, the very next chapter is an account of a man receiving the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, also in DNC 84. Now, this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. For Moses held the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood and the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood. He was able to perform the ordinance of baptism by water into the trustful order and the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. For this is the very sanctification that Moses sought diligently for his people, 
that they might be prepared to enter into the rest of the work which rested the fullness of his glory. But when the children of Israel reject their opportunity to become sons and daughters of God, through the new covenant, God takes this priesthood away not from Moses, but from those who were members of the church of Christ and who had been given authority in the um, apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, um, who did not fulfill all of the commissions that God had given unto them. The exact same as with the saints under Joseph Smith. In mid-1834, when God took the Melchizedek priesthood from the saints, it wasn't taken from Joseph Smith, and it wasn't taken from those who are true and faithful in the holy order of God, or Church of the Firstborn, but it was taken from all else. So 99.8% of those who had received the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, it was taken from them, in the exact same way with the children of Israel under Moses. Now if we go to Mosiah 27, and let's start in verse 23. And it came to pass that after they had fasted and prayed for the space of two days and two nights, the limbs of Alma received their strength. And he stood up and began to speak unto them, bidding them to be of good comfort. So, although not the first baptism of fire baptism of the Holy Ghost that occurred after the restoration of the terrestrial order of the gospel or Church of Christ to Alma, but the first record of a baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost happening was to the son of Alma, Alma the Younger, one who had gone about working to destroy the church of Christ. Verse 24, for he said, for said he, I have repented of my sins, and I have been redeemed of the Lord. Behold, I am born of the Spirit. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women and all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, must be born again, yea, born of God, changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and his daughters. And thus they became new creatures. And unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. So it is required of every man and every woman who would enter the path of ascension and ultimately become as father and mother are to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, at which time they are born again as sons and daughters of Christ. There are no shortcuts. Verse 27, I say unto you, unless this be the case, they must be cast off. And this I know because I was like to be cast off. Nevertheless, after waiting through much tribulation, repenting nigh unto death, the Lord in mercy hath seen fit to snatch me out of an everlasting burning. And I am born of God. My soul hath been redeemed from the gall of bitterness and the bonds of iniquity. 
I was in the darkest abyss, but now I behold the marvelous light of God. My soul was racked with eternal torment, but I am snatched and my soul is pained no more. I rejected my Redeemer and denied that which had been spoken of by our fathers. But now that they may foresee that he will come and that he remembereth every creature of his creating, he will make himself manifest unto all. Yea, and every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess before him. Yea, even at the last day, when all men shall stand to be judged. Of him, then shall they confess that he is God. Then shall they confess who live without God in the world, that the judgment of an everlasting punishment is just upon them. And they shall quake and tremble and shrink beneath the glance of his all-searching eye. And now it came to pass that Alma began from this time forward to teach the people. And those who were with Alma at the time, the angel appeared unto them, traveling round about through all the land, publishing to all the people the things which they had heard and seen, and preaching the word of God in much tribulation, being greatly persecuted by those who were unbelievers, being smitten by many of them. Um, and we see another pattern in Alma the Younger of those who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, in that they are filled with a desire to go forth and share exactly what they've received. Now, we see this pattern again in Helaman, chapter 5. When we have the account of the 300 who were at the prison with Nephi and Lehi at the time when Nephi and Lehi were miraculously saved by pillars of fire um, from the guards coming to slay them. And the mist of darkness uh, encompassed about the 300 who were there and they were overcome by fear and they were paralyzed. And it wasn't until they cried out unto Jesus Christ that they were delivered. Verse 40 in Helaman 5. And it came to pass that the Lamanites said unto him, What shall we do that this cloud of darkness may be removed from overshadowing us? And Aminadab said unto them, You must repent and cry unto the voice, even until you shall have faith in Christ who was taught unto you by Alma and Amulek and Zizra. When ye shall do this, the cloud of darkness shall be removed from overshadowing you. So the whole point of the preparatory gospel of preaching repentance and having faith in Christ is all designed that when the heavens are opened to bring people unto a broken heart and contrite spirit that they may receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that they may be instructed uh, then about the mysteries of godliness, about how to enter Christ's presence into the, in the fullness of his glory. Verse 42, And it shall come to pass that after they did begin to cry out unto the voice of him who had shaken the earth, yea, they did cry even until the cloud of darkness was dispersed. 
And it came to pass that when they cast their eyes round about and saw that the cloud of darkness was dispersed from overshadowing them, behold, they saw that they were encircled about, yea, every soul by a pillar of fire. And Nephi and Lehi were in the midst of them. Yea, they were encircled about. Yea, they were as if in the midst of a flaming fire, yet it did harm them not. Neither did it take hold upon the walls of the prison. And they were filled with that joy which is unspeakable and full of glory. And behold, the Holy Spirit of God did come down from heaven and did enter into their hearts. And they were filled as if with fire and they could speak forth marvelous words. And it came to pass that there came a voice unto them, yet pleasant voice as if it were a whisper saying, peace, peace be unto you. Because of your faith in my well-beloved, who was from the foundation of the world. And now when they heard this, they cast their eyes as if to behold from whence the voice came. And behold, they saw the heavens open, and the angels came down out of heaven and ministered unto them. And there were about 300 souls who saw and heard these things. And they were bidden to go forth and marvel not, neither should they doubt. And it came to pass that they did go forth and administer unto the people, declaring throughout all the regions round about all the things which they had heard and seen. So the 300 have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, they are filled with an overwhelming desire to go forth and cry repentance and teach the doctrine of Christ that, you know, all who will enter into the same covenant may also become sons and daughters of Christ. In so much that the more part of the Lamanites were convinced of them because of the greatness of the evidences which they had received. And as many as were convinced did lay down their weapons of war and also their hatred and the traditions of their fathers. And it came to pass that they did yield up unto the Nephites the lands of their possession. So this, in verses 51 and 52, we have evidence that those who entered into this covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit also were converted not just to the baptism of water, but also to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as evidenced by the mighty change of heart of the born-again experience that led to their laying down their weapons of war and their hatred and the traditions of their father. This is literally repenting of their iniquity and also their sins. And it's interesting that the Gentiles of the last days are also um, admonished to repent of our iniquity. And although we have a different iniquity than the Lamanites did, their iniquity were the false traditions of their fathers. And once they had repented of the false traditions of their fathers and also their sins, um, you know, this was a major part in them entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. In fact, it's the fruit of entering into the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and receiving that mighty change of being born again, just as Alma the Younger received. Now, 
if we go back to Mosiah and Mosiah 28. And in Mosiah 28 in verse 7. And the Lord said unto Mosiah, Let them go up, for many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life. And I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. So, after Alma the younger and the sons of Mosiah received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, they had an overwhelming desire to go forward and to preach the doctrine of Christ, and to reclaim the enemy of the Nephites being the Lamanites. And, you know, these these feelings are expressed uh, starting in Mosiah 27, verse 33. But notwithstanding all this, they did impart much consolation to the church, confirming their faith and exhorting them with long suffering and much travail to keep the commandments of God. And four of them were the sons of Mosiah, and their names were Ammon and Aaron and Omner and Himni. These were the names of the sons of Mosiah. And they traveled throughout all the land of Zarahemla and among all the people who were under the reign of King Mosiah, zealously striving to repair all the injuries which they had done to the church confessing all their sins and publishing all the things which they had seen, explaining the prophecies and the scriptures to all who desired to hear them. So again, look at the transition um, of just a few chapters prior when Alma's father, Alma, had been going forth and preaching to the people the words which Abinadi had delivered. And after the heavens were opened, after a new dispensation starts, and the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is again possible, now we have men speaking with the tongue of angels or explaining the prophecies and the scriptures unto all who desire to hear them. So not just reciting them, but being able to explain them. And thus they were instruments in the hands of God in bringing many to the knowledge of the truth, to the knowledge of their Redeemer. And how blessed are they, for they did publish peace, they did publish good tidings of good, and they did declare unto the people that the Lord reigneth. And now in Mosiah 28, Verse 1, and it came to pass that after all the sons of Mosiah had done all these things, they took a small number with them and returned to their father the king and desired of him that he would grant unto them that they might, with these whom they had selected, go up to the land of Nephi, that they might preach the things which they had heard, that they might impart the word of God to their brethren, the Lamanites, that perhaps they might bring them to the knowledge of the Lord their God and convince them of the iniquity of their fathers, and that perhaps they might cure them of their hatred toward the Nephites, that they might also be brought to rejoice in the Lord their God, that they might become friendly to one another, 
that there should be no more contentions in all the land which the Lord their God had given them. Now notice that they were inspired with the very desire which was the result of what happened to the 300 in Helaman chapter 5 after they were converted and received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as Alma and the sons of Mosiah and those who went with them went forward to preach the same doctrine, they were inspired that it might have the exact same effect upon the Lamanites. Verse 3, And they were desirous that salvation should be declared to every creature, for they could not bear that any human soul should perish. Yea, even the very thought that any soul should perish or any soul should endure endless torment did cause them to quake and tremble. And thus did the Spirit of the Lord work upon them, for they were the very vilest of sinners. And the Lord saw fit in his infinite mercy to spare them. Nevertheless, they suffered much anguish of soul because of their iniquities, suffering much and fearing that they should be cast off forever. And it came to pass that they did plead with their father many days that they might go up to the land of Nephi. And King Mosiah went and inquired of the Lord if he should let his sons go up among the Lamanites who preached the word. And the Lord said unto Mosiah, Let them go up, for many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life. So Alma, the younger, and the sons of Mosiah didn't secure eternal life with the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, but they would secure eternal life with what they did after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as they feasted upon the words of Christ, as they overcame by faith, as they were obedient to the words of God until the end of their mortal life, that is how they secured eternal life. Now, let's take a look at the work that Alma did among the people who would hearken unto him in the city of King Noah, who gathered together at the waters of Mormon um, and received the covenant of baptism of water. So, in Mosiah 18, starting in verse 1. And now it came to pass that Alma, who had fled from the servants of King Noah, repented of his sins and iniquities, and went about privately among the people, and began to teach the words of Abinadi. So, Alma the elder had been ordained to the Aaronic priesthood. Once he repented sufficiently, he had that priesthood sealed upon him, and then he went forth and he taught among the people the words of Abinadi. Yea, concerning that which was to come, and also concerning the resurrection of the dead, and the redemption of the people, which was to be brought through the power and sufferings and the death of Christ, and his resurrection and ascension into heaven. And as many as would hear his word, he did teach. 
and he taught them privately that it might not come to the knowledge of the king. And many did believe his words. And it came to pass that as many as did believe him did go forth to a place which is called Mormon, having received its name from the king, being in the borders of the land, having been infested by times or at seasons by wild beasts. Now there was in Mormon a fountain of pure water, and Alma resorted thither, there being near the water a thicket of small trees, where he did hide himself in the daytime from the searches of the king. And it came to pass that as many as believed him went thither to hear his words. And it came to pass after many days, there were a goodly number gathered together at the place of Mormon to hear the words of Alma. Yea, all were gathered together that believed on his words to hear him. And he did teach them and did preach unto them repentance and redemption and faith on the Lord. All right, again, we have the core elements of the preparatory gospel. Repentance, redemption, and faith on the Lord. And it came to pass that he said unto them, Behold, here are the waters of Mormon, for thus were they called. And now as ye are desirous to come into the fold of God, and to be called his people, and are willing to bear one another's burdens, that they may be light, yea, and are willing to mourn with those that mourn, yea, and comfort those who stand in need of comfort, and to stand as a witness of God at all times and in all things and all places that ye may be in, even until the death, that ye may be redeemed of God and be numbered with those of the first resurrection, that ye may have eternal life. All right. So, Alma is administering the preparatory gospel and baptism by water into the preparatory gospel. But uh, he's also taking it one step further. And he is also preparing the people for the day when the heavens would again be opened. And that through entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that they might go on to... um, enter into Christ's presence of the fullness of his glory and to be ordained and sealed to the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood and become a king and a priest unto the most high God. And how do we know this? Because at the end of verse nine, that ye may be redeemed of God and be numbered with those of the first resurrection that ye may have eternal life. So, eternal life is what you receive with a lifetime of diligence after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. To be numbered with those of the first resurrection, you know, that process and those requirements are outlined in DNC 76. So let's go to DNC 76 and see what is required to come forth on the morning of the first resurrection. Verse 50 in DNC 76. And again we bear record, for we saw and heard, and this is the testimony of the gospel of Christ, concerning them who shall come forth 
in the resurrection of the just, or on the morning of the first resurrection. They are they who received the testimony of Jesus and believed on his name and were baptized after the manner of his burial, being buried in the water in his name, and this according to the commandment which he has given, that by keeping the commandments they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed unto this power. So, step one for those who wish to come forth on the morning of the first resurrection is to receive baptism by water into the terrestrial church of Christ. Step two, in verse 52, receive the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Step three, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are the church of the firstborn. Or in other words, just as Moses and Nephi did, ascend to the high mountain, the seventh heaven, come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, or have Christ make your calling and election made sure, and therefore you enter into the church of the firstborn. Okay, now all of these things are required to come forth on the morning of the first resurrection, but we're not done yet. Verse 55, they are they into whose hands the Father hath given all things. They are they who are priests and kings who have received of his fullness and of his glory, and are priests of the Most High after the order of Melchizedek, which was after the order of Enoch, which was after the order of the only begotten Son. Wherefore, as it is written, they are gods, even the sons of God. Or they are gods, little g, even the sons of God, big g. So, um, this. These are the ascension steps that are required to come forth on the morning of the first resurrection. Baptism by water into the terrestrial order. Baptism by fire, baptism, Holy Ghost. Entering into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, receiving one's calling election. Going on from there to be ordained by Father to the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood. And if you're a woman, having mother confer the matriarchal order upon you. Then going through all of the testing that is required to have that priesthood and that order sealed upon that man and that woman. Then they are God's little G, sons of God, big G. And in the terms of Isaiah's ladder of ascension, this is the ascension to the seraphim level or to the level where one qualifies that when it comports to one's mission to uh, have one's body translated. And the reason it's called coming forth on the morning of the first resurrection, and the reason that this is the requirement to ascend to this level is that 99.9% who do ascend to that level, they don't actually receive physical translation until the morning of the first resurrection, where they're caught up to with Christ and their bodies are changed and they come with him in the fullness of his terrestrial glory to the earth. Verse 62 in the NC 76. These shall dwell in the presence of God and his Christ forever and ever. These are they whom he shall bring with him when he shall come in the clouds of heaven to reign on the earth over his people. 
These are they who shall have part in the first resurrection. These are they who shall come forth in the resurrection of the just. These are they who are to come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly place, the holiest of all. These are they who have come to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of Enoch and of the firstborn. Well, quick question. What is the difference between the general assembly and church of Enoch and the church of the firstborn? Well, the church of the firstborn is a broad category. And as we just read in DNC 7655, when one received their calling election made sure by coming into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, um, one has their calling election made sure. And enters into the church of the firstborn. But one is not yet a member of the church of Enoch. To become a member of the church of Enoch, that is a subcategory in the church of the firstborn. And one must ascend to the level of a king and a priest under the most high God and become a God little g under God big G. That's what it means to come unto the church of Enoch and the church of the firstborn, or in other words, the church of Enoch inside the church of the firstborn, or which is part of the church of the firstborn, but is a higher ascension level within the church of the firstborn. Verse 68. These are they whose names are written in heaven, where God and Christ are the judge of all. These are they who are just men made perfect through Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, who wrought out this perfect atonement through the shedding of his own blood. These are they whose bodies are celestial, whose glory is that of the sun, even the glory of God, even the highest of all, whose glory, the sun of the firmament, is written as of being typical. So, a just man made perfect is an angel or one who has passed over from mortality into the next life, who has ascended to the spiritual level, but as with 99% of all others who ascend to this level, uh, are not translated at the time of that ascension, but will be changed in the twinkling of an eye to a translated terrestrial body with all of those who are yet alive, who have ascended that level when Christ comes in his glory, and all they will be caught up or will be brought with Christ when he comes in the fullness of his terrestrial glory on the morning of the resurrection. And so this is what Alma has reference to. And so he is baptizing his people into the preparatory gospel, but he's also preparing their minds and pointing them forward to the time when the fullness will be restored. And, you know, I don't know if he yet realizes at this point, but the fullness, a new dispensation, is later to be restored through him. And he and his son will be the instruments of God and then taking the people from the telestial to the terrestrial order, preparing them to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, second comforter, and then ascending to the level of 
king and priest, queen and priestess. So now that we have the context, let me read verse 9 again. Yea, and are willing to mourn with those that mourn. Yea, and comfort those who stand in need of comfort. And to stand as a witness of God at all times, in all things, and all places that ye may be in, even until the death, that ye may be redeemed of God and be numbered with those of the first resurrection, that ye may have eternal life. Okay, so after this baptism by water into the telestial order, that is when they will be standing as a witness of God at all times and all things and in all places that they may be in, even until death, because... You know, this is also part of the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which is going to allow them at a future point when the heavens are open to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, second comforter, and eventually to ascend to become kings and priests, queens and priestesses unto the Most High God. Verse 10. Now I say unto you, if this be the desire of your hearts, what have you against being baptized in the name of the Lord as a witness before him that ye have entered into a covenant with him, that ye will serve him and keep his commandments, that he may pour out his spirit more abundantly upon you. And again, this pouring out of the spirit more abundantly upon them is preparatory to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it is the very mechanism of how they will be brought to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, having Christ's spirit poured out upon them in more abundance. Now it came to pass that Alma took Helam, and he being one of the first, he went and stood forth in the water and cried, saying, O Lord, pour out thy spirit upon thy servant, that he may do this work with holiness of heart. And when he had said these words, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. And he said, Helam, I baptize thee having authority from the almighty God as a testimony that ye have entered into a covenant to serve him until you are dead as to the mortal body. And may the spirit of the Lord be poured out upon you. And may he grant unto you eternal life through the redemption of Christ, whom he has prepared from the foundation of the world. And after Alma had said these words, both Alma and Helam, were buried in the water, and they arose and came forth out of the water, rejoicing, being filled with the Spirit. And again, Alma took another and went forth a second time into the water and baptized him according to the first, only he did not bury himself again in the water. And after this manner, he did baptize everyone that went forth to the place of Mormon. And they were in number about 204 souls. And they were baptized in the waters of Mormon and were filled with the grace of God. And they were called the Church of God or the Church of Christ from that time forward. And it came to pass that whosoever was baptized by the power and authority of God was added to this church. And it came to pass that Alma, having authority from God, ordained priests, even one priest to every 50 of their number, and did ordain to preach unto them and to teach them concerning the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And also note that you know, with the Aaronic priesthood, he was or able to ordain priests. And elders don't begin to be ordained until after 
the terrestrial order or church of Christ is restored to this people. Verse 19. And he commanded them that they should teach nothing save it were the things which he had taught and which had been spoken by the mouth of the holy prophets. So, again, the commandment is that they're going to preach um, the principles of the celestial order of the gospel, that many might be converted to the preparatory gospel, that they might be prepared for the higher gospel. So what are the main tenets of the preparatory gospel? Well, repentance and remission of sin and faith. Again in verse 20, Yea, even he commandeth them that they should preach nothing save it were repentance and faith on the Lord who had redeemed his people. So, and this is in comparison to you know, DNC 84, with the, the fullness of the gospel. Verse 19, again in verse DNC 84, and this greater priesthood administered the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. So that is a step beyond the, the gospel of repentance and remission of sins and of faith. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest, and without the ordinances thereof, and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. Well, because the apostolic word of Melchizedek priesthood uh, was not among these people at the time, um, neither was the knowledge of the ordinance of the terrestrial order, which includes the terrestrial baptismal prayer, uh, the power of godliness was not manifest unto these people at this time. Or, in other words, uh, the process of becoming born again a son or daughter of Christ through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21 in Mosiah 18. And he commanded them that there should be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith, one baptism, having their hearts knit together in unity and in love one toward another. And thus he commanded them to preach, and thus they became the children of God. And he commanded them that they should observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And also every day they should give thanks to the Lord their God. And he also commanded them that the priests whom he had ordained should labor with their own hands for their support. And there was one day in every week that was set apart that they should gather themselves together to teach the people and to worship the Lord their God, and also as often as it was in their power to assemble themselves together. And the priests were not to depend upon the people for their support, but for their labor they were to receive the grace of God, that they might wax strong in the spirit, having the knowledge of God, that they might teach with power and authority from God. And again, Alma commanded that the people of the church should impart of their substance, every one according to that which he had. If he have more abundantly, he should impart more abundantly. And of him that had but little, but little should be required. And to him that had not should be given. And thus they should impart of their substance, of their own free will and good desires towards God. 
and to those priests who stood in need, yea, and to every needy naked soul. And this he said unto them, having been commanded of God, and they did walk uprightly before God, imparting to one another both temporally and spiritually according to their needs and their wants. And now it came to pass that all this was done in Mormon, yea, by the waters of Mormon, in the forest that was near the waters of Mormon. Yea, the place of Mormon, the waters of Mormon, the forest of Mormon, how beautiful are they to the eyes of them who there came to the knowledge of their Redeemer. Yea, and how blessed are they, for they shall sing to his praise forever. And these things were done in the borders of the land, that they might not come to the knowledge of the king. But behold, it came to pass that the king, having discovered a movement among the people, sent his servants to watch them. Therefore, on the day that they were assembling themselves together to hear the word of the Lord, they were discovered unto the king. And now the king said unto Alma, And now the king said that Alma was stirring up the people to rebellion against him. Therefore, he sent his army to destroy them. And it came to pass that Alma and his people of the Lord were apprised of the coming of the king's army. Therefore, they took their tents and their families and departed into the wilderness. And they were in number about 450 souls. So on the eve of destruction, the Lord delivered his people. Just as he promised that he would, uh, as set forth in First Nephi chapter one, and in First Nephi chapter one, verse twenty. And when the Jews had heard these things, they were very angry with him, even as with the prophets of old, whom they had cast out and stoned and slain. And they also sought his life, that they might take it away. But behold, I Nephi will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. So what does this mean for us today? For us today, we should understand that becoming a true disciple of Jesus Christ means that we very well may be putting our lives on the line for in DNC 103, the Lord talks about true disciples or true followers of his, true Christians. And in verse 27 and 28, he says, Let no man be afraid to lay down his life for my sake. For whoso layeth down his life for my sake shall find it again. And whoso is not willing to lay down his life for my sake is not my disciple. But we have the promise of the Lord that, you know, those who exercise faith in him, he will make mighty even unto the power of deliverance. And so the question is, how do we, as those who desire to be God's people, exercise faith in him sufficient? that he might also make us mighty even under the power of deliverance. For the time is quickly approaching when all men will be in bondage and all men will be in need of deliverance. And I would say that we begin with repentance for 
remission of sins. And that we seek to exercise faith in him, which is seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. That we might receive a sure witness of Jesus Christ. First, by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, which is able to bear an indelible witness to our souls that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the eternal God. And once we have that witness by the Holy Ghost indelibly impressed upon our soul, we are able to go forth and stand as a witness of Jesus Christ at all times and all things and all places that we may be in, even until the end of our mortal life. And we are willing to enter into a covenant to keep all of God's commandments and to perfectly align our will with his will to the best of our ability. And as we do these things, we are literally entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit is to exercise faith sufficient in God that he might make us mighty, even under the power of deliverance. So I would invite everybody this night to again, or for your very first time, enter into a covenant with God. Give him permission to give you whatever experiences you need to come to a broken heart and contrite spirit, that you might receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that you're ready for the next experience to start right now. And that you lay everything upon the altar. Everything you have. Everything you will be given. Everything you will become. Your will and your life. And if you have already received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is the exact same covenant. By entering into it, the Lord will be able to reveal to you what is required of you that you might part the veil, ascend to the seventh heaven and enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory as was outlined in DNC 76 and thereby become a member of the church of the firstborn and thereby go on from there and continue the path of ascension until you become a king and a priest or queen and priestess unto the Most High God, becoming a God little g under God big G, and thus qualifying to come forth with Christ on the morning of the first resurrection. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right.